Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Spreaker Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. And this program is meant to provide nutritional or natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including... The fancy new iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And uh, orders are coming in like crazy. I've had two of them this morning already. And uh, this thing is just turning the world upside down. It's like turning me upside down anyway. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. People love this thing. And uh, I encourage you to check it out. There's all kinds of information there on the videos and the uh, brochures and the flyers and all the stuff you can download. Uh, The link to the YouTube playlist and, of course, the link to the uh, dedicated website where you can place an order if you so desire. Just recommend if you decide to place an order, uh, you go to the uh, click the link that goes to thz4life.com. That's T Tom H Henry Z Zebra, the number four, not written out, but the number four, life, L I F E.com. And when you get there, there's more videos you can watch, including half a dozen or so uh, short, about four or five minute long testimonials information on the on the business plan if you're interested in a home-based business and uh, then there's the link that says uh, get started now if you click that it will take you to the order page the first thing you do is put in your information about where you want it shipped and all that good stuff the second page make sure that you put the amount which is 350 in the amount box and your name in the remarks box and then after that you'll actually uh, get your credit card information entered um Occasionally, we are having some uh, uh, banking uh, fraud detection alerts. Basically, if you get them notice that says check with your bank before you try again, that's just the thing where they're, you know, stopping you from making a purchase. They never seem to stop the real fraud people, but they're stopping you. So you have to call your bank, tell them it's a valid purchase and let it go through. And then once they unlock it, you go back and hit the retry button and it should go right through. I had one of those this morning, too. So, uh, and one yesterday. So, yeah, that's all there is to it. When you get, once you've done that, you've entered your card information and processed it, and it said success, you're done. Don't worry about anything that says log in or anything like that. You're good to go. And uh, that's all there is to it. And uh, right now, most of the uh, warehouses have stock. And uh, if you place your order today, it should ship tomorrow, and you should have it probably by Friday. So, uh, now's the time to get them. They're talking about. Uh, a uh, potential price increase around the first of November, probably going from 350 to 380. Uh, so now's the time. Jump in there and get it while you can. Strike while the iron's hot and less expensive. It's always a good thing. 
But anyway, keep in mind the topic success and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Spreaker Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only. So that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. So that being said, I um, want to welcome everybody in the chat room and everybody that's out there listening, uh, live or recorded, whatever the case might be. Glad to have you. And um, I saw, looks like John is here. So I don't know if he's got some kind of announcement he wants to make or anything, but I'll give you the opportunity, John, if you want to jump in, um, feel free. And uh, otherwise, maybe he's just, he's got, he's dialed, he's a double one. I uh, got two Johns uh with the same phone number but i'm not sure what's going on oops gotta turn this thing off what am i doing hitting the wrong buttons there we go every time i do something with this speaker screen something changes anyway um john did you have anything you want to say this morning or this afternoon or not guess not hmm that's something i see a little thumbtack I don't know what that is. Anyway, alrighty. Um, one of the things I want to talk about today was the hypocrisy, the double standards that we have in today's society and um, in uh, the courts, especially. Not to mention the media and all the rest. But uh, if you happen to be one of the anointed, the people that uh, believe the party line and tout the party line, uh, the the lies and propaganda of Big Pharma and uh, the American Murder Association and so on, especially when it comes to the uh, COVID pandemic, you can basically say and do anything you want and literally get away with murder. And I do mean murder. Right now, because of these uh, toxic jabs put out by Big Pharma, we've got best estimates of at least, bare minimum, 20 million people around the world are dead from these jabs. Far more than have died from the alleged illness itself, which it was supposedly rolled out to protect against, which anybody who believes that, I got some uh, oceanfront property in Arizona I'd like to talk to you about. I still believe that uh, they had the jabs first, it was all designed to kill people, and then they had to have a reason for people to take these things. So they dreamed up a fake bug, or whatever the case might be. People, you know funny how people got sick who watch tv you go in the amish community they don't have covid because they don't have tv <laughs> so how's that work but um you know pretty interesting situation but uh, at the same time you know they roll out this uh, bug to uh, scare people into taking the jabs and of course bubis americanus being dumb and you know brain dead and spoon fed sure i'm scared to death this bug's gonna kill me so i'll take this jab and the next thing you know, they're dead from the jab. Or they have, uh, they're one of the 200 million plus around the world who are now suffering from probably what's left of a short lifetime of really uh, crappy life because of the crap they've gotten from this, these shots. The toxicity and everything else. And, uh, of course, the, the people that pushed these things out knew ahead of time what they were going to do. 
Um, I've got the documents that show that at least two months before these jabs were rolled out, the FDA knew full well what they could expect with the myocarditis, pericarditis, death, uh, all the neuromuscular issues and everything else, yet they rolled them out anyway. I wonder why that was. So the people that push that issue, they can say and do anything they want. But then you have somebody who questions any of it, like the doctors out in California who now Gavin Newsom is going to basically, you know, charge them criminally and at the very least take away their license to practice if they so much as question anything that old Gavin and company believe about COVID and the jabs and the fact that they're supposedly, you know, the, the, the myth that they're safe and effective. And uh, then, of course, you have the most recent thing that uh, comes up where, you know, the media back in, I think it was 2012, uh, put out the story about the Sandy Hook shooting. And, you know, I questioned that from the very outset. I was uh, uh, listening and heard the report and immediately went online looking for fundraising websites set up for the Sandy Hook uh, survivors. And lo and behold... I found one that was set up the day before the shooting. Now, how could that be if this was an actual real event that nobody knew was going to happen, that Adam Lanza just got up one day, decided to kill his mom, and then go to school and shoot it up, and nobody knew but Adam when it was going to happen and where it was going to be and all that stuff. But someone just said, I think there might be a shooting, so I'm going to set up a fundraising website to help those poor people. I don't think so. <laughs> and again, if you believe that, I still got that oceanfront property in Arizona. Um, that's the craziness that's going on right now with all this kind of stuff. And of course, uh, I've been listening to Alex off and on since 1994. Originally, it was by shortwave radio. And then I cared while I followed him on uh, Genesis Communications Network and that kind of thing. And in, by 2012 or up to that point, I had actually been every single month downloading all of the daily um, MP3s of Alex's show, Joyce Riley's show, and a couple other things on uh, on Genesis Communication. And I'm sitting next to probably half a dozen or more 100-count uh, spindles of CDs that all contain monthly uh, replays of all their shows. And I know that I could go through, it would take a heck of a lot of time, but I could go through and find Alex's shows from that day forward. And any time, the, the, the remote times that even addressed Sandy Hook, the only thing he ever talked about was questioning whether it was a false flag or not. He never said nobody died. He never said that, that I've ever heard. Um, never said it didn't happen. It, he was very cautious i guess you could say with that one for some reason and yet the he gets sued by the democratic party basically there it was their law firm that went out and found a bunch of these alleged parents and talked them into filing suit against alex jones and uh and they get a billion dollar uh judgment against him billion dollars alex hardly ever talked about the, the thing alex did not go and shoot anybody he caused no deaths and uh but some for some reason alex is being attacked and there's one reason and one reason only and i'm gonna play a little clip from uh, jack basobic who pretty much nails it here we go 
And the question is, do they really care about what Alex Jones said or do they want to destroy Alex Jones? Now, I think I think the answer is obvious, right, to anyone with the right thinking mind that they want to take him down because he's a dissident. And the Guardian, by the way, if you go to theguardian.com right now, you can see Simon Jenkins. And what does old Simon have to say this morning? He says, only proper online regulations can stop poisonous conspiracists like Alex Jones or Simon Jenkins. But the question is, who gets to determine this? Who's allowed to define what reasonable freedom of speech is and what these limits are? Well, Simon says that he does. Obviously, the government does. Like you saw the founder of Rolling Stone, founder of Rolling Stone just say on Joe Rogan. It's as simple as this. The First Amendment is unique in the world. Most countries don't have that. I think the United States is the only country that has this, right? This enshrined freedom of speech in our highest law. That's what they want to take away, particularly when it comes to online regulations, because they know that's the new digital public square. That's where people are. That's where people find themselves. So what do they want to do? They want to take away your ability to speak freely. Now, they can lie whenever they want. And I'm not even going to just talk about in generalities, like weapons of mass destruction or any of these things. But what I will point out is that Rachel Maddow, in 2019, lied about One American News and said that they took money from Russia. Just a blatant lie. She had no proof and she knew it was lies, malicious. The courts threw that out because they said Rachel Maddow's show is obviously opinion. And even when she is exaggerating, she cannot be held liable for her opinions and exaggerations. It's not hypocrisy, though. It's hierarchy. There's one freedom of speech standard for people like Rachel Maddow, another freedom of speech standard for Alex Jones. That's why you need to see conservative leaders who are so terrified to stand up say, we're not going to allow this crackdown on dissent. We're not going to allow this episode to enshrine online regulations or any speech regulations in our country when it comes to politics. We're not doing that, and we don't stand for it. So, yeah, Rachel Maddow can commit what's known as libel and actually lie about somebody. And for some reason, she is free to do so, according to the courts. Probably Clinton-appointed judges or something like that. And at the same time, Alex Jones, who never said any of the things they're saying that he said, and he was prohibited from addressing that and and representing himself and uh, testifying on his own behalf in court. Well, he was allowed to testify, but he wasn't allowed to tell the truth. If he said what he believed to be true, they would find him in contempt of court. And if he did what they told him he had to do, he'd be guilty of perjury. <laughs> that's, that's the rock and hard place he was put in with this case in uh, Connecticut. An absolute travesty and the... The judicial system in this country has just gone right out the, tu- out the you know, down the tubes. Everything that and we saw in that case. You were certain he never said no one died at Sandy Hook. I have, well, put it this way. 
I've never heard him say it. I've heard him talk about Sandy Hook, but I never once heard him say anything about nobody ever dying or that it didn't happen. The only thing he questioned was, what was it a false flag? Was it staged? And he was right. <laughs> yeah, and he was right. But he wasn't well, allowed to bring that up. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody died there or not, uh, but I do think it's odd. There's some oddities connected to it. It's, oh, it's yeah. just weirdness. I have Fetzer's book. No yeah. one died. Yeah, I've got a copy of that. I haven't read the whole thing, but what I've seen is very convincing. And uh, a while back, um, in the infancy of that uh, network, Speak Free Radio, or Free, yeah, Speak Free, uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, one of the hosts, or a, couple, a pair of hosts, had uh, Jim Fetzer and uh, some woman who... Um, Originally was opposed to and now supports the story. I don't know what the Rebecca whole thing was. Carnes. Yeah, and they were on there. It's a really interesting show. I downloaded it and I've got it someplace. But um, Fetzer had the facts and figures, and she had nothing but conjecture for the most part. And it was rather interesting. But um, you know, on top of the fact that they, I found the, uh, the the website set up a day before for fundraising. Uh, I also had photographs of a uh, one of the little girls in a little red dress, you know, pretty little thing, who supposedly died that day. And a couple weeks later, same little girl in the same red dress with her mom and dad uh, with Barack Obama. Now, she yep, looked pretty good for a dead, house, girl, dead girl. In the schoolhouse with all the boxes and stuff. <laughs> What's that? I said in the schoolhouse with all the boxes and stuff because it wasn't even open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's sitting on his lap. Mm. Yep. And then, of course, you got the, the dad who, the, the grieving father, who, before he thought the cameras were turned on, was laughing and joking and everything with all the guys on the set. And then when it was about ready to go to news time, he had to stop and work up his uh, tears and all this junk and get into character. That was a crisis actor playing Robbie Parker. Exactly. So why would we have all that stuff if this was real? But the thing is, is I talk so about important? it, a lot of other people have, but Alex Jones never did. You know why it's so important, don't you? I know they say uh, guns, that's Spencer's angle on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And Deanna Spingolo, it was uh, drugs. And Adam Lanza doesn't, didn't even exist. They were going to nail Ryan. They were going to name Ryan if, it, if they didn't get to hang it on a fictitious character. Mm -hmm. But before that, on July 20th, was the Aurora Theater fiasco. <laughs> Robert Holmes' supposed son, James Holmes, and now his birth mother. You know, maybe he was a love child. Maybe that, that was the angle they got him on. But anyway, his birth mother appeared in court both times and pled for him, pleaded for him. You know, she said she gave him up at birth for adoption, and the FBI took him. So that's what kind of like this hmm. kid's head, and they dye his hair orange, and it's just ridiculous. He sat out in the car while they, they actually smeared the moulage backwards. Stupid. But anyway, it was because of the LIBOR scandal. Both Robert Holmes and Peter Lanza were to testify. Okay? And so the bankers are flaunting their power. You know, LIBOR, the uh, London Interbank offered rate. And that scandal rolls on. The trial never going to happen with that. But, but that's the main thing is the bankers again. Yeah. Everything's brought out for public consumption to cover up something they don't want you to see. And it's, uh, but the bottom line is here, you know, like uh, Jack Basovic said, it was all to destroy Alex Jones because he's mm -hmm. one of the 
He's the poster child for the anti-establishment propaganda crap, I guess you could say. And um, if they can get rid of him, they can get rid of anybody. There's you know? something else going on, and I think they are trying to retire him. And I, I know you know that he, <laughs> that I say he's 61, and he, and he will be in December. But why does he have a book called The Great Reset, and all the bookstores are putting it right out in the front window? Okay, and why is he back on the air? You know, I mean, they take people offline. Uh, Field McConnell, for instance, he's not even allowed online. Well, that's because Alex has got number one. He's got lots and lots of people that pump money into it, and they have set up their own servers and everything else. When you've got your own servers, it's a lot more difficult to do that to people. When you're yeah. using somebody else's stuff, yeah, they can dump you real easy. But he was now, forced to set up everything, uh, satellite uplinks and everything on his own. This last Saturday, he was showing maps of what, where the fallout would go, okay, if there was a nuclear incident mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I heard and, him talking about so that. You heard that? Yeah, didn't see yeah, it. I always hear the recordings. I just don't see the uh, video of it, just the audio. Yeah, well, I, I was watching the video, too, but, you know, the band video. But anyway, he mm -hmm. said, uh, over there, see, tech, West Texas, that's where I'm going. I don't have land there, but that's where I'm going. But I'll stay at the helm as long as I can. <laughs> Yep. Who knows? You know, whether you'll have that kind of time or not, questionable. You know, but First look at the off, other side of things. Stuff doesn't work like they're saying. Yeah. And why would you bother? Firebombing's a lot more <laughs> effective. Yeah. You know, traditional stuff. You know, when they tested the nuke stuff out west, they mm -hmm. forced the people to lie down with their feet towards the blast, face down. Mm -hmm. So nobody could peek and see what was actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, of course, they got all the guys in the Bikini Atoll and the military and South Pacific, you know, stuck all them out there. And the funny thing that I get is you look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and if nuclear radiation was so bad and so long-lasting, how is it those cities are just absolutely modern metropolises? They, they look so dang, fantastic. Dang, dang. <laughs> and then you got Detroit that looks like it got hit with a nuke, but it hasn't been. <laughs> You know, um, that's what bad water can do, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, there's so much that you really can't believe. Um, yep. whether you know, whether this stuff, I got a buddy now who just swears up and down nukes are nothing to worry about and all this kind of crap. And he's got he makes a lot of good points, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, well, the only thing we have to go on is you know, government information, and we know how truthful they are, <laughs> yeah, we'll kill you. But oh, yeah. you can just believe it's going to be by this way. Mm -hmm. See, then this way they can get everybody lining up to take the, uh, you know, anti-radiation meds. Yep. <laughs> of course. You know, and that's the thing. is, It's just crazy, the stuff they come up with. But, you know, and that it just goes right into the hypocrisy, everything that's going on. You know, you have to believe what we say. And anybody else who says something other than what we believe, oh, they have to be shut down. And uh, that's like we were talking yesterday, The what's her name, the lady out there, wherever she was, that said, you know, I may not believe with what, agree with what you have to say, but I'll defend to the, to the, yeah, defend to the death your right to say it. And uh, But not anymore. That used to be the way things were around here. But, you know, the, the woke mentality and the butthurt liberals that, you know, because they have no uh, logical and reasonable response to, to information that's correct... No they morals. can't, yeah, they can't allow 
someone to be out there saying the truth when they're pushing a lie because they don't have a response to it. So they have to shut you down. Um, Wasn't that Voltaire? Uh, well, we were talking about that. <laughs> it oh, was it was Lincoln attributed to Voltaire and Patrick Henry, but it was actually a, a yeah. She was the first one to get it in writing, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen oh six. Well, whoever said it, they yeah. were spot on. Yeah, big time. Whoever. Yeah, and that's why I thought I I I always thought it was Patrick Henry because that just sounds like that guy, you know. <laughs> he probably did say it, but nobody wants you to think yeah. about that. I'm sure that's probably the case. Revisionist history or something, but. You know. Hey, Sarge. Yes, ma'am. This is Liz. Mm -hmm. I was listening to Dr. Lee Merritt last night. I was on her uh, webcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was talking about the nuclear stuff and all that. Basically, what we learned in, in school as kids, I mean, us older people. Dive under your desk. Is exactly <laughs> what you need to do. Yeah. Because you're not hurt. It's not, unless you're actually the bomb drop, in other words, in where the bomb actually drops. Yeah, the blast radius. Yeah, you're not really, the the damage is done by the glass. Mm -hmm. The glass that uh, blows out from, from you looking out the window because you see this bright light. So it's the after effect on the people. That's what was more damaging and the other thing that she said is they're more likely they would be more it would it'd be more damage more damaging to use stellar light stellar energy on on you mean scalar energy that, yeah the stellar energy you know what i'm talking scalar. about tail oh okay like scalar sorry. yeah on on uh, because they wouldn't be able to trace where it came from. I mean, you know, it could be something that could be, let's say Russia wanted to do it. They could do it and nobody would know it was actually coming from Russia or our government, you know, which would be almost more likely, mm -hmm. uh, could use that as an attack and no one would really, they wouldn't be able to trace it. And, I'm wondering... And, like, if scalar isn't though doesn't lend itself to uh you know only lends itself to uh productive measures because you're yeah. involved with scalar yourself mm -hmm. so i don't know enough about it i don't know if there's you know if there's a way to make harmful stuff like that or not um but who knows the thing is with dr lee merrick she was a she was an, a naval physician and of course being in the Navy, she was subjected to the naval or the military propaganda about um, the effects of nuclear radiation and things like that. And again, we don't know whether that's true or not. You know, a lot of that stuff is designed to scare people. Look, look what you got with uh, New York issuing these public service announcements. In the event of a nuclear bomb, tune to this radio station <laughs> that won't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> one way to get listeners. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Listening, listening to what she actually had been a part of, you know, like I said, this is a, a web page thing that she does. You know, you pay, kind of pay for, and um, she was saying that she was in direct contact with people that were studying Hiroshima and Nagasaki, 
Really? And the effects that were going on there. Did and they address how they, the cities are so beautiful now when the stuff yeah. is supposed to last for years and years and years? <laughs> um, I think she was actually at that point was just talking about the the studies on it right after the uh, the blast and, yeah. and you know within the I probably within a couple of years or ten years I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's so, the thing, though. Here's the thing. It's not the nuclear bombs. It's these nuclear plants that slowly generate the stuff. They're what the danger is. And look where they're mm -hmm. all built. Yeah. On the edge of the continents and fault lines. Right. And and they purposely, uh, who's a Bob Nichols that follows that? Your, your uh, weekly rad, daily rads, whatever. But they vent the stuff out in evenings and uh, weekends. <laughs> Put all that stuff into the atmosphere around you. Great. And it gets up in the jet streams and travels everywhere. You know, who knows? It just, I just, I'm starting to question whether or not it's as bad as they claim it is. Just because, you know, they say it's got a half life of well, so many years and whatnot. But Evidence look at Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Well, <laughs> do, do, you, do any of you remember that scientist who said he used to swim in the, uh, the cooling, cooling pools? And Galen, he put plutonium in both of his pockets and walked around with it. Galen Windsor. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing was, all this stuff would, would be used up if, if these uh, plants were used like they were intended for. If they waited for the people that know to die off, right? And they'd keep the stuff around. But they could keep using that till there was almost no waste at all. And it isn't what they say it is. It's more fear-mongering. Yes. Well, it's the same thing as what they're doing with the jet and, and, and the exactly. COVID and everything. It, it was there to produce the fear that was needed at that time with the ignorance that we had at that time. Man, yeah. I wouldn't want to be them trying to generate fear all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's you crazy. Them. You yeah, know? and what she was saying last night, it's more about the 5G. It's more about uh, the the energy from the 5g and from what we've been using with the terahertz yeah, you know, yeah. and and that that kind of stuff um because it can turn that on and off and it affects the shots it affects the people yeah, some, something some are saying in that, the shot and some are saying that that's all it is that the shots don't do anything and the shedding doesn't do anything it's only that so that's yeah. not true either okay uh a friend of mine sent the information to Tony Panloresco, who's a really cool guy, knows a lot of stuff, and and he said, "Oh, stay away from it. It's six G. It's like in the airports." So I wanted, if you would, do you know, uh, uh, Sarge, if uh, how that kind of goes? Because I know it's it's similar, but it's uh, it's a higher frequency or something, so it's not the same. Well, to my knowledge, six G isn't out yet, and right. it depends on you know. There's there's five G. Um, telephone systems and then there's like for your wireless routers 5g two totally different things the 5g in the phone system is the fifth generation and it's the a certain frequency range that is harmful to the body the 5g in um, in your routers is five gigahertz and that's much much lower frequency nowhere near as harmful it's still not great for you but it's not as deleterious as the 5G phone stuff, which is up in the, almost in the microwave range. And some um, people have cracked open those phones and the stuff's not in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard that. Um, they just, you know, have a, a different icon in your, on the screen that says 5G, but is it really? It may still be working on one of the older systems. I've seen uh, several things about that where people open the phones and the, the circuitry's not there. Who knows? Well, that's the whole thing. You know, we've been lied to on a daily basis, and you just can't, if you hear it on mainstream media, you just have to assume it's a lie, period. Uh, if it's a commercial, if it's, you know, whatever, it's not true until it's proven otherwise. It's in, it's guilty until proven innocent, basically. Um, that's the way you have to look at it now until in all sources, you know, this one included, you know, until you, you do your own research and make sure that what I'm saying is right. Don't believe what I have to say. Um, find out for yourself. But, uh, you know, that's the whole thing that I was getting at with the beginning of the show, the hypocrisy where the people can lie to you all day long and get away with it because it's the norm put out there by the, the intelligentsia, the whatever you want to call it. And then you have the people that are trying to tell the truth that have dispelled it and proven the junk they're saying wrong. And those people, even though they're telling the truth, they're not allowed and they must be shut down. We can't have any uh, semblance of an opposition here because we don't have an answer to it. We can't respond to it because we're lying and they're telling the truth. And uh, there you have it. And I, that's something else I wanted to, I got a little clip here, just a little collage, I guess you might say, of uh, the other side of the, the issue with um, the COVID jabs and the safe and effective. So here we go. And when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected, whether they're outdoors or indoors. That's the bottom line of that, to get people to appreciate you get vaccinated and you're really quite safe from getting infected. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. Takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. One, that your chances of getting sick yeah, going if you're vaccinated is low. Com. Second, that your chances of infecting others uh, is low if you're fully vaccinated. And third, that the vaccines that we have work against the variants circulating in the United States. We all know already, right, that if you get vaccinated, that vaccine will basically prevent you from getting sick with COVID. It will prevent you from having to go to the hospital with COVID symptoms. It will prevent you from dying from COVID. The vaccine not only prevents people from getting sick, it also prevents transmission of the virus from person to person. It is rare for vaccinated people to both catch and transmit the virus and that the vaccines work against the variants. But because the vaccine, and we already knew this, prevents people from dying and ending up in mm -hmm. hospital. But if it also has this added benefit of slowing down contagion by two-thirds. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. The vaccines uh, do work against the variants. Our authorized vaccines are effective against the variants that are circulating in this country. Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. Very limited protection, if any. Very limited protection, if any. The three doses, with the, they offer reasonable protection. And then there's this little ditty. 
Brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> They can say whatever they want. They can poison you. They can get away with murder. And nothing happens to them. Yeah. And I'm trying to find there. Harrison Smith from InfoWars did a thing a while back that was really cool about the uh, the jabs. And for the life of me, I can't find the thing now. I really wanted to play it, but <laughs> no such luck. Anyway. And then there's, of course, you have little Greta the uh, uh, climate change, you know, dwarf, whatever, uh, gnome. <laughs> and, you know, how dare you? Everybody believes this little 16-year-old dingling who's being led around by her parents and the uh, and Al Gore type kind of people, uh, just spewing lies all over the place. And... They get away with it just fine, but let anybody question the veracity of the climate change myth, and uh, we get jumped on like, you know what? It's just, it's crazy. We have become so polarized, and the, the one side just gets to get away with murder, literally, and the other side can't even wiggle without getting yelled at. It's just uh, sad, to say the least. But there is the day we live in. That's why I want to get on a boat and <laughs> get out in the middle of the ocean and be done with all this crap. <laughs> but anyway. So when is your um, your business going to explode so you can do that? I don't know. We'll see. I'm hmm. still waiting for some investments to come through that when they do, I won't have to worry about no business. <laughs> uh I thought you were waiting for a business or something to, to fall into place, and it, it was going to give you no. a big windfall. No, it was an investment. It's still oh. Oh. on the horizon. You know, it could be any time. should have been a long time ago, but um, it's subject to international banking and all kinds of other crap that's going on. And, you know, I see. So, you know, basically everything's on hold until they figure out what they're doing. Sort of like Hyperverse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even I want to go I there. Should, <laughs> I should check that and see how many um, tokens I have. Yeah. You know, USDT if, uh, or whatever it is. You know, it, just let it let it keep rolling and who yeah, knows. that's if, what I've been doing. If crypto makes a comeback, which it will, it's just a question of when. You'll have a lot of stuff built up in there that you can get out. Uh, but uh, I don't Hope expect to see any movement until then. But anyway, that is what it is. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, we're just 
muddling along with whatever else is available, which, you know, iTerra is uh, doing a great job. Little bits of hiccups with the card processing and that kind of thing, but other than that, uh, things are cruising right along. And uh, John and Kathy made the top, uh, well, they were number 16 in the world uh, so far this month, which is good. Congratulations to John and Kathy. Uh, Roger was number eight, I think it was last month, and I was 16. Um, so, well, you know, these things are moving like crazy. And lots and lots and lots of uh, great uh, testimonials and things coming in. But, uh, yeah, with with what's going on, things are just absolutely nuts. And uh, we're just hoping that um, somehow or another, uh, sanity will come out. I'm hearing little rumblings in my uh, uh, a conference call that I'm on a couple times a week. Um, one of the guys that runs the thing has some pretty reliable uh, government sources that are saying that there's a lot of people supposedly have already been arrested, testified, and are on very close monitoring kind of thing, like ankle bracelets and whatnot, that are hopefully going to uh, sometime soon see a big turnover in everything that's been happening in this country with the elections and all that junk. We'll have to wait and see how it pans out, but who knows? You know, it will be welcome just to see the, the regime that's in there now be ousted and locked up like they should be. Just a question of who's going to take over when that happens. You know, I don't know. But uh, it's just little things I hear in the background, and like I said, because of their contacts, I think there might be something to it. We just have to wait and see. But um, who knows? It might be too little too late. You never know the way things are going in this world. Uh, one day at a time, we could wake up tomorrow and everything could be upside down er, <laughs> and uh, even worse. But... Hi, Jim. Hello, Susie. Is that you? Hi, this is Joan. Oh, Joan, yeah, same. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, I have a uh, iTerra care question about uh, when to one compared to when you eat. Uh, I couldn't remember if there's, uh, and I can't go to the guide with all the pictures and the directions because I'm on I'm on here with you right now, and I can only do one thing at a time on computer because <laughs> that's all <laughs> I know how to do. But is, wasn't there something at the Towards the end of that guide with all the pictures that said something about don't eat before a meal or after a meal. They I mean, want don't, you to... um, don't, don't wand before yeah, they, a meal. They recommend, after... and all these things in that, in that manual are recommendations. Nothing's hard and fast. Nothing's, nothing's carved in stone or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, they're recommendations. And... I think that the deal with eating is because when you eat and you go through the digestive process, your body goes, it's using energy, it's warming up in, in some respects, and that's the kind of thing that they're trying to avoid. They want your body to be in as, most, in as, as stable a position and condition as it can be, mm -hmm. and that's why when I do, I do everything late at night right before I go to bed. And that way I don't have to worry about all the, all the things about eating, drinking, uh, taking showers and baths and whatnot. The last thing I do before I go to bed is I do about a half an hour of wanding myself. I get up, I go and get in bed, and I sleep all night. And then that way my body can go through the healing process without having to worry about anything else. And you avoid all those pitfalls. And like I said, they're just suggestions. 
if you, you know, eat a meal and then start wanding yourself or you wand yourself and then eat a meal, the sky's not going to fall. You're not going to grow a third arm or a fourth eye or whatever. You know, it, it's not like anything nasty is going to happen. It's just, you know, there's a potential that the effects of the device may not be quite as good as they would have been had you not done that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line. So it's nothing to really to worry about. But you can alleviate all those issues if you just do it right before you go to bed. Okay, that sounds great. But do you know exactly what the instructions said about eating and wanting? Uh, well, give me a second. I've got a copy of it. I've got my copy sitting right here. Let me <laughs> get it open. Thank you. And <laughs> uh, drinking before and after. I think this was at the end. Um, for the first three therapies, do this and do that. Do the ten steps. Uh, totally all right. To, um, <laughs> Uh, a total of 15 to 30 minutes per day. Um, if you undergo a healing crisis, achieve your goal. Remove your clothes during therapy, which is a good idea. Never eat raw meat and cold foods within four hours after the therapy. Um, and again, it's because the energy involved in, in processing those things. The cold foods obviously are going to potentially change your body temperature a little bit. Uh, don't take a bath within four hours after the therapy. Take your bath first, then do the therapy immediately after to maximize the effect. No electric fan or air conditioner directly pointed at you within four hours. Again, changing your body temperature. Uh, counter the effective goal for you. And those are the, like I said, they're suggestions. You know, nothing bad is going to happen if you do something other than what they're saying here. It's just to get the best results, that's what they recommend. But, right. uh, you know, that's it. Thank you. Sure. Um, anybody else have any questions about that or anything else? Um, let's see. John, are you there? I'm just curious. I see your phone number there. I don't know if you're actually listening or if you're out doing things and just tuned in or what. <laughs> uh, or you might be working with somebody. Who knows? But anyway, uh, Brent, your order got processed uh, last night or yesterday, so it should be shipped today. And with any luck, you should see it um, Wednesday or Thursday. And um, had two orders that came in this morning. I was able to process them during my morning show. I had a video playing, so I took advantage of it. And they should be shipped today and hopefully be there uh, Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday also. Um, and that's cool. But, um, yeah, right now I'm shipping out of the Utah Stockist because they have a really good process set up and they're very professional. And they have quite a bit of stock. The other day they had like 600 and some. And I think as of yesterday they were still like 250. So hopefully, I'm going to be getting 10 more ordering tomorrow. So hopefully they'll still have enough to cover that and uh, get me covered because i'm still hoping to go to the uh, thing down there in south carolina the end of next week um, it all is dependent on whether my wife finds a new job or not and whether she's starting or not because i would have to leave on friday and come back monday and if she's not home to take care of the critters then i have to be here to do it so that's kind of what the 
question is at this point. But I'm planning for it right now. I'll be making, uh, getting my car uh, tuned up or oil change and everything on Thursday of next week. So everything will be ready. I hop in a car Friday morning, drive down there, and uh, have a nice fall drive in the country <laughs> from Ohio to South Carolina, about eight hours. And Did she leave her last job? What's that? Did she leave her last job? Yeah, she, uh, about a month or so ago, they hired some idiot. They did the same thing that the hospital did where she was working, where they, they take some, uh, you know, butt kiss and, you know, uh, ignoramus and hire them and put them in a management position where they have no clue what's going on. And they come in and just start throwing their weight around, changing things that, you know, things are working. They got a good system worked out and this idiot comes in and changes everything and fouls it all up. So my wife came home one day and said, uh, I'm getting sick of this. And the next day she came home and says, I am out. <laughs> uh, she, she put her in her, it was, uh, what was the, I guess it was Labor Day. Because uh, she had a long weekend and she didn't go back to work until Tuesday. And on Tuesday afternoon when she left, she put in her notice saying her last day was Friday. And um, she, uh, basically they didn't have enough work on Wednesday. So she didn't have to go in then. And then she worked Thursday and Friday, came home, and that was it. So, uh, yeah, the first Friday of uh, of uh, September was her last day. And uh, she's been looking at traveling nursing jobs. And she's looked at everything you know, from, you know, northern and southern Ohio to Kentucky to Hawaii to Alaska. Um, most of the time, they're between 8 and 13 week stints where you travel there. They put you up and they pay for your, you know, include in your pay the housing and stuff and everything uh rental cars if necessary whatnot but um so far nothing positive has come up and she's got a couple apps in and we're just waiting for the process to go through um if you go out of state then you have to get your nursing credentials approved and all that kind of garbage and that can take some time so with any luck, you know, on my part, she won't have anything by the end of next week, and I'll be able to go down there and finally meet Mike and DW and whoever else gets to be there. Um, and uh, I'm hoping at the same time to do a, a show on Saturday, so we'll make announcements about that. If that's the case, I'm going to pack up my equipment and take it down there with me. And apparently the guy that's hosting this thing has a room set up for uh, radio shows and whatnot, so um, we'll see how that works, and I'm going to take a bunch of Care Classics with me in case people want to buy them. And uh, so we'll see what happens, but uh, we're planning on it anyway, and we'll see how things go. But uh, in the meantime, got to get uh, get the order placed. I had to go to the bank yesterday and put some money in, and it hasn't cleared yet, so i got to wait till tomorrow so I can place my order and um, you know, all that good stuff. But I'm uh, going to upgrade to Diamond, and the process will provide me with 10 new classics and uh, increase the payouts and stuff. You get better percentages and that kind of thing. And we beat the rush on the price increase, because if the price on the devices go up, then the price on the upgrades to the different levels will also go up. So might as well take advantage of it now before everything goes crazy. Because it'd probably be another 300 bucks or so uh, afterwards to upgrade. So might as well do it now while it's uh, the least expensive. But anyway. What, what do you call the high level? The the golden? 
you have uh, gold is the second position, and ah. diamond is the top one. And uh, apparently Roger just upgraded to diamond. John and Kathy just did recently, and um, I'm going to as well. That that reaches the highest level you, because at, at the classic level or the silver level, you can only make up to $300 a day. At the gold level, you can go to 900 a day, and with, with the uh, diamond level, you can hit 3750 a day. And um, Oh, is the diamond the highest? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and those are people that are doing like 40, 50 a day then. They're, they're making some big bucks. Well, like uh, John Scavola, uh, he's making somewhere probably, I'm guessing, between 20 and 25 and 40K a month. And Ricky Brandino wow. above him is making more than that. And uh, of course, so he's selling month, several hundred every month then, several hundred devices. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, once you reach that point, it's not so much what you're doing personally, but it's the the percentages you're getting from the work being done below you. Jim, what's that? Yeah, I'm uh, just saying block. Jim, I'm here. Jimmy Ram. I'm here. Okay. I heard silence for about 10 seconds. I don't know what happened. Uh, I thought maybe the system muted me again. (laughs) Yeah. One of those weird things. So, yeah. So, uh, and who's the guy above Scabola? Ricky Brandino. So nobody's selling more than him? Uh, in this country, no. He's, he's numero uno. Well, he's the, he's the biggest dude in the country. He sponsored uh, uh, Scavola, and he also sponsored, uh, uh, what's her name, Sheila Day, down, doctor down in Florida. And uh-huh. Sheila is routinely in the top, you know, two to four uh, per month. And uh, Ricky is... Uh, He's got a he's got a lot of irons in the fire, but he's at the point where he doesn't have to do a lot of personal stuff now because he's he's built it high enough that uh, it's the percentages rolling up from beneath. Uh, Scavola is still scrambling, and he's selling a lot of devices. He was in the top uh, top twenty last month, uh, mm. and Ricky um, or Scavola actually he signed up. Um, Rachel Lee down in Australia, who is usually number one or two in the world. Um, so, you know, these guys have got some huge people. Ricky posted a thing on his Facebook page here. I don't know how long ago it was, but he's got like 10,000 people in his organization since the beginning of the year. That's pretty good. That's um, outstanding. Yeah. I've got about 250 since middle of July. That's not too shabby. Um, no, I didn't. You know, oh, that's everybody. In, uh, you know, it's not all personal. Okay. I've signed mm-hmm. up about 105 or six personally, but about 260 or so uh, have cult, you know a lot of that. You know, another 150 or 60 whatnot have come off of that. Just other people signing people up. So and you're getting a cut of all those underneath you. Mm-hmm. When they when they do something, you know, some people on you know, and that's the thing. You know, some people will just get get in and buy one device and that's it. So you don't see anything more from that, but, uh, other people, and I've got several that are really going to town, uh, got another lady who's got a out in Idaho, who's got a, a radio show with a lot of listeners and, uh, she's going like crazy. I just got a call yesterday from a pastor friend of mine in West Virginia, who's got a huge radio show. That's got probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got millions of followers. But he's got hundreds of thousands at least around the world. 
and uh, he called yesterday saying that he wants to get involved. So once we get him signed up, it's going to get interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to try and find someone else to balance him out on the other side. So <laughs> that would mm-hmm. really increase the bottom line quickly. But, you know, that's the thing. You're, the, the network that you build with this kind of thing is where the, the big money comes from. And yeah. last month, yeah. the number one earner in the world had like 124000 plus for the month. Damn. Yeah. And I think it's a little lady over Malaysia who's only signed up 11 people. <laughs> but there are 11 wow. people that are just fire crawls, and they're just out there going like crazy. Uh, yeah, I heard John mention her. I was mm-hmm. like, how is she making that kind of money? 11 people. That's how. That's, That's how. how. It's it's the organization built underneath her. And, of course, you get paid on your smaller leg. And if she's getting 124 grand from the small leg, I hate to think what would happen with the big one. <laughs> that would be pretty wild. But, um, you yeah, know, there's a lot of potential there. My biggest concern in this case is the volatility in the... Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, supply chain. You know, if they can't get the product out of the country and into ours, uh, everything comes to a screeching halt. And that's why I keep telling people, I said, if you're thinking about it, don't wait. You know, number one, you got a price increase coming. Number two, there's no telling when the supply may dry up. And that's why I'm trying to get as many on hand as I can. So uh, if things dry up i've got a little bit to play with and use or have spares but um yeah that's that's the biggest issue with this deal since it's coming from outside the country um you never know but you just have to, it's one of the old make hay while the sun shines kind of thing and uh we'll see what happens but you know things are promising now and i'm just gonna you know when the funds really start coming in we're gonna i'm gonna start just socking some of it away into crypto and other things and just you know i'll buy up uh, bitcoin and put it on my my wallet my electronic wallet so i've got control over it not like somebody else you know i feel bad for kathy she had a bunch of bitcoin on um on the who and the who locked everything up when everything went south and all that stuff you know there's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of bitcoin that she has no access to which pretty much sucks. Um, and uh, thank goodness I had I had my Bitcoin on uh, the Who for a while there, and I got it off and put it on one of my uh, digital wallets. And I'm glad I did because I have total control over it. Nobody can get it but me. And um, I don't have to worry about the, you know, it being changed and devalued and whatnot inside of uh, another website or exchange. Which is but you of, didn't pull all the Bitcoin off, just some. What's that? You didn't pull all your Bitcoin off. I pulled home, every all of my Bitcoin that I have is on my uh, in a locked on a device in my safe behind me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you do have it. Okay. Yeah, it was Definitely. my USDT, the tether. That was kind of the working cash that I had mm-hmm. almost eleven thousand dollars worth on the, on the Who, and now it's about five hundred bucks with what they did to us. So I'm hoping that uh, eventually, you know, crypto will take a, an upturn again and they'll be able to put things back where they were and I can get my funds out. And I, I learned my lesson, though. I'm not going to keep that much anywhere except on my electronic wallets from this point forward. Yeah. 
because you never know what's going to happen, you know. Agreed. You don't ever nope. know. Nope. But uh, you live and learn. But like I said, I, I can't complain because everything I've done came from one $788 Bitcoin buy in 2017. So all the Bitcoin I have on my device now and uh, my what I'm doing with Itericare, that came from Bitcoin, uh, that one $788 purchase. And what I put into the... Uh, Itericare started out with a thousand and fifty bucks, and I doubled that in the first week. And tomorrow, I'm putting another three thousand into it, and that came from Bitcoin. <laughs> that one seven hundred eighty-eight dollar person purchase. So uh, it's still even with that that amount that's tied up on the who. I'm still way ahead of the game, and uh, still playing on house money, so to speak. But um, it's still annoying when, when you have something like that and they screw it up and you can't get it out. Uh, but like I said, as they say, you never invest more you can afford to lose. And if, if I never see the stuff from BitClub Network, if I never see the stuff from uh, Hyperverse, if I never get my money back out of the who, I'm still <laughs> way ahead of the game from that one $788 purchase back in 2017. Every night I sleep on a really nice bed that was bought with from that money. <laughs> and uh, I've got missionaries in Mexico that are, have land. And I've got a missionary a couple miles from me that's driving a car that I helped pay for from that $788 purchase. And uh, every day I go to church and I've got thousands of dollars worth of electronics in the sound booth that was paid for through that $788 purchase. So, you know, it's, uh, it's spread out pretty well and I, I can't complain, but, uh, it's still annoying <laughs> when you know you got screwed. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Agreed. That would be annoying. But, mm -hmm. uh, as you say, what are you going to do? It yeah. is what it is. You just have to, you know, <clears throat> there's no sense in worrying about it cause it's not going to do any good. So I just, you know, keep going and, uh, figure out how to best learn from it and then continue on. But there is something I wanted to look at here. Um, I'm still in the process. What's that? Go ahead. What you, you said that the prices are going to go up. The prices on Ontaricare from what we understand. And I, I haven't seen anything directly. I've just, from talking to John and Kathy, they've heard rumblings from different people that there's a, uh, about a $30 increase on classics that are going to take place by the 1st of November, uh, here in the U S. So it'll go from 350 to 380. Um, I haven't seen anything official, uh, but it's, uh, people, the stockists have been talking to people and got some things and it's kind of leaked out, so to speak. Uh, but that's what we're assuming at this point um whether mm. it's accurate or not nobody knows for sure but it's you know it's a reasonable assumption and uh, that way you know for that reason i'm telling people if if you're thinking about one this is the second reason not to drag your feet because number one no telling when the supply is going to dry up number two no telling when the price is going to go up um and uh you know that's just what we're working on at this point from the sounds of things. 
And so, every what's the next? What are the levels? You, what do you think they're going to go up to? We'll just add thirty dollars. So, if uh, if you go to gold, you're talking uh, instead of ten fifty, you're talking eleven forty because you're adding ninety bucks to it. And instead of thirty five hundred for diamonds, you'd be talking um, uh, thirty eight hundred because you're adding uh, another three hundred dollars onto it. Um, so that's that's worth it to me. I'm going to go ahead and upgrade to diamond here tomorrow. What's that? No, my phone getting notifications. Okay. Yeah, your phone is really acting weird today. <laughs> well, it's notifications going off. That's what it is. So I turned them on. What's going on? Notifications. Oh. <laughs> I turned them off, so that's what it was. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just put a link in the chat room for a new video. It's called, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, let me find it here. Do, 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 do. Um, ah, yeah, Safe and Effective, A Second Opinion. And it's mostly um, done in the U.K., but it pretty much applies here in the U.S. as well. But it's a... Um, a brand new documentary being described as brilliant for its meticulous exposure of the coordination between key government agencies and Big Pharma to push harmful COVID-19 jabs on a frightened and unsuspecting public. And uh, it's available in 1080p on YouTube of all places. And at least it was this morning. I started uh, downloading the thing and it's still at it. I don't know why. It's, uh, the only thing is it's probably a lot of people doing it. And it's a high-def vi uh, video, but I'm about 89% complete downloading this thing. And um, I had thought about playing it, but it's, it's, it's about 50-some minutes long. And uh, I don't know. I might watch it tonight. Maybe we'll play it tomorrow. Who knows? Um, or maybe parts of it. But it, uh, the little bits that I did look at look really good, and it's very well-produced and good high-quality video. Um, but there's links in the... Um, article i just posted that has uh, both the youtube link and oracle films i think is the the actual producer and um, they've got it there as well but uh, the documentary includes uh, experts who are able to show how vaccine trial data was flawed and how vaccine makers used very very misleading figures to push the shots one such expert dr asim malhotra a cardiologist and consultant who was one of the first to take the Pfizer jab explained how Pfizer promoted its jab using relative risk reduction and not the industry standard absolute risk reduction, which then led to the widespread perception that the mRNA vax was much more effective at preventing infections than it really was. The guidance has been for many years that we must always use absolute risk reduction in conversation with patients, not just relative re risk reduction alone. Otherwise, it's considered unethical, Malhotra explained, according to LifeSite News. The accusation is that governments acted on Pfizer's relative risk figure of 95% efficacy when the absolute risk was a mere 0.84%. <laughs> so they increased it by about 95 times liar liar pants on fire pfizer in other words you'd have to vaccinate 119 people to prevent just one from catching covid <laughs> and the other 18 are either going to die or have lifetime problems <laughs> and they'd catch covid besides crazy stuff 
the outlet adds the film went on to highlight that the shocking allegations of clinical trial research specialist Alexandra Latipova, who uh, studied Pfizer trial documents that were force released in the U.S. Uh, after the Freedom of Information Act request. Her findings include the following. Pfizer skipped major categories of safety testing altogether. The toxicity of COVID-19 injections mRNA active ingredient was never studied. The FDA and Pfizer knew about the major toxicities associated with gene therapy class of medications or medicines. And the CDC, FDA, and Pfizer lied about vaccines staying in the, uh, staying in the injection site. My examination of leaked Moderna documents also revealed that vaccine-induced antibody enhancement disease was indicated as a serious risk. And yet they rolled these things out anyway. <laughs> Lion, rat, you know whatters. Making the problem of wholly inadequate trials and studies of the vaccine even worse as the failed to use the standard regulation process, according to Bau. Uh, medicines and healthcare products regulatory agency's chief executive June Rain admitted that the agency had changed from watchdog to enabler. The documentary also contained video clips featuring a confession from Rain that normal safeguards in the uh, during the vaccine trials were not followed at all for the COVID shots. We tore up the rule book and we followed companies or allow companies to immediately start juxtaposing not sequential, sequential phases of clinical trials, but overlapping them, uh, beginning the next one before the previous had finished. <laughs> In addition, the documentary contains several examples of Brits being harmed permanently after the injections, like their American cousins, with many unable to care for themselves anymore and becoming entirely dependent on others for their care. One British Minister of Parliament took to the floor of the chamber to denounce physicians in the country who claimed that the shots had nothing to do with those outcomes. Those who were in perfect health bore their injection or before the injection have encountered too much ignorance and skepticism when seeking medical help. For some, their GPs have refused to engage, and that has reached the extent that they were made to feel gaslighted. Madam Speaker, Deputy Speaker, with the physical pain being dismissed or explained away as mental illness. How insulting and humiliating is that? MP Sir Christopher Gope, G-H-O-P-E, said. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all there is to this article, but um, sounds like it's going to be a pretty decent video to share with friends and family and all those people out there that think these things are just the greatest thing since sliced bread <coughs> and uh show it to them show it to them now because they're probably jabbed and won't be alive long to see it later kind of an i told you so kind of thing Ooh. Biden preparing to tank U.S. manufacturing with ban on importation of all Russian aluminum. Oh, goody. Shipping rates dropped 75% amid plummeting U.S. retail demand. Hmm. And again, yeah, cargo, cargo ships. And if uh, I'm trying to think of what the, it's the Baltic Dry Index. If anybody's familiar with that, that's the index that basically tracks all the shipping around the world and the index has been going down 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 for quite some time even before the pandemic hit and now it's going to hit even lower 
There's just not a lot of stuff traveling. Cargo ship owners have been canceling sailings on some of the busiest routes in the world in the middle of what is normally their peak season, illustrating the serious impact that inflation has been having on consumer spending. This summer, import volumes to the U.S. started to drop dramatically, which is a strong sign that inflation is taking its toll on consumer demand. With Trans-Pacific shipping rates falling by at least 75% from one year ago, it's now clear that people are reducing their spending significantly. And that's the amount of stuff that's being shipped, not the cost to do it. <laughs> My guess is the cost to ship things is going up, while the actual shipments are going down. Cancellations being seen right now represent a dramatic reversal from the situation a few months ago when a lack of shipping space saw freight rates skyrocket and record-setting profits for carriers. It was just a year ago when companies such as Home Depot and Walmart had to charter their own ships to overcome port bottlenecks and meet world demand. A major drop in shipping rates comes as a demand weakens. The big retailers cancel their orders with vendors and seek to reduce their inventories. Nike recently announced that it had 65% more inventory than a year ago when we need and we will and will need to use uh, markdowns to start moving stock, while FedEx said it will be canceling flights and parking cargo planes as shipping volumes drop. And FedEx is a major thing for international shippers. UPS uses FedEx for ship international stuff, so does the U.S. Mail. Um, anything, I think it's uh, Priority Mail and Express Mail, are all shipped by FedEx. <laughs> and that comes from a buddy of mine who actually works for FedEx. And um, if they're cutting things down and parking planes, you know a lot of stuff is dropping off. Rapidly rising consumer prices as a result of record inflation are having a big impact on the global economy with factory shutdowns in China and the conflict in Ukraine also taking a toll on trade activity. In September, the container capacity provided by Pacific Ocean ship operators had fallen 13% over a year earlier, which represents a drop equal to 21 ships capable of moving 8,000 containers per voyage. Yowzer. Sailing cancellations during peak season causing concern. For the two weeks beginning on October 3rd, 40 scheduled sailings from Asia to America's West Coast and 21 sailings from Asia to the East Coast were canceled. The average number of sailings that are normally canceled at this time is of years just two to four. Mm -mm -mm. The chief analyst at shipping data provider Accenta? I think it is. Peter Sand noted the in the first week of October, one-third of previously announced capacity will be blanked, and for the second week, it will be around half. The downturn pace in recent weeks has been very fast, and it looks like carriers misread the low volumes in a, of a non-existent peak season. Characters typically see their strongest demand in the week's... Uh, between late summer and early fall, as retailers and importers start to build up their inventories to prepare for the approaching holiday shopping season, government data shows that consumer spending on bulkier items such as appliances and furniture that typically must be imported to the U.S. has been cooling after a period of strong demand earlier in the pandemic when people were spending more time at home and, and improving their houses. <laughs> Daily freight rates, which sat around 19000 for moving one a single container across the Pacific Ocean in 2021, 
now stand at just 3,900. Hmm, wow. One UK carrier told the Lodestar, uh, other than the start at the start of the pandemic, I can't recall another time when the market has turned so quickly, and it looks like it will get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Tracking trends in overall retail sales can be tricky in times of high inflation, like we're seeing right now, as inflation can sometimes make it look like sales are increasing even as pl profits plummet. Therefore, shipping rates are uh, and volume are often better indicators of current retail performance amid inflation. So anyway, yeah, the picture they show here is, wow, this is a monster area where these, it's a container uh, port. You got all these ships lined up and then just thousands and thousands of containers uh, stacked on the side. It's wild. But anyway company I work for went from paying $5,000 per container to $23,000. Yowzer. Yeah, it's weird. I just put a link to that article in the uh, chat room in case anyone is interested. And um, good heavens, just weird stuff going on. But uh, let's see what's going on over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trump claims he could easily be Israeli PM. <laughs> Is this why Pfizer received first COVID vaccine authorization in the U.S.? <laughs> and exclusive rights in Israel? Oh, good grief. Yowzer. Every American executive and engineer in China's semiconductor manufacturing industry resigned last week due to Biden's sanctions. Wowzers. Uh, let's see. Financial collapse is a mathematical certainty. There we go. Sam Parker of Behind the News Network has written an exclusive commentary on the coming financial collapse and the inevitable fall of the U.S. dollar status as a global reserve currency. Starting with World War II, Parker documents a historical perspective on the rise of the U.S. dollar to help the reader understand how we got to where we are today, including the role of the COVID pandemic. <laughs> This is part one of a three-part series, and we look forward to the next two parts once they are published. Even though the date of the article is in August, it was just published yesterday, October 13th. Interesting. Well, it's been a few days. But anyway, I don't know if I want to read this whole thing, especially since it's just the first of three parts, and it looks really, really long. But uh, for anybody who's interested, it's in the chat room. Um, but it doesn't sound good. The, just the title, <laughs> Financial Collapse is a Mathematical Certainty. In other words, it's the perfect storm threatening the dollar hegemony. Um, Yowzers. Yeah, just for the first part. Introduction. After the 2008 stock market crash, governments, because governments, because the economy collapsed globally, started spending like drunken sailors. <laughs> especially here in the U.S. The last 14 years have been a balloon, uh, ballooning of this sovereign debt bubble or bond bubble. Who's going to save that bubble? Who's going to be the buyer of all that debt when the bubble finally blows up? Answer, no one. Many who are aware of the situation are just surprised that the system has lasted this long. That's what I'm hearing. 
It looked like it was ready to burst in September of 2019, and then conveniently COVID showed up, which granted emergency powers to all central banks. Governments went on another spending spree, printing money, and this allowed them to kick the proverbial can down the road for another two years. Here we are in 2022, and it's unraveling again. And the reason why COVID was important is because the Federal Reserve was able to plug the hole in what was beginning to become a liquidity debt crisis. They printed 65% more money. The money stock went up 65% over, uh, year over year in 2020 and 2021. And that was, uh, able to paper <laughs> and that was able to paper over it. Uh, then the economy was shut down. So when we, they reopened with all the money in the system, the U S had a recovery for a year and a half. Stock markets went crazy. Credit markets went crazy back up again, but here we are two years later and we have inflation in assets, stocks, and bonds. Yeah. When Obama was in office, he spent more money than the previous, all the previous presidents combined. And then when old sleepy Joe got in, he made Obama look like a school kid and they have printed trillions and trillions of dollars in the last couple of years and they just keep doing it. So when you see the dollar going up, that's indicative of a debt crisis because money's becoming tight and there are fewer dollars out there. People are scrambling for dollars. And on top of that, the rest of the world's currencies are dropping, which makes ours go higher too. And uh, it's not good. COVID provided uh, cover for the central banks and the governments, but it also allowed for a control system. If everything's going to collapse, wouldn't it be nice to have a control system where travel is restricted? You can blame it on the virus. You create injection passports, which then get linked to digital IDs, and then the central bank digital currency, and then social credit scores. So COVID was a uh, convenient excuse. The Rockefeller and Rothschild empires were prepared to sacrifice the globe in order to save their empires. And six months after the start of the Ukraine war, we find that the Rockefeller empire is now doing their best to destroy the EU along with the Rothschild empire, whose base is Europe. It's funny how things work. <laughs> U.S. national interests are diverging sharply from those of its NATO strategy, uh, satellites. Yeah, the other day I heard Biden, it's a recording of Biden saying, you know, they ask him if he's concerned about the situation in America. No, I'm concerned with the situation around the world. So you schmuck. <laughs> America's military industrial complex, oil and agricultural sectors are benefiting while European industrial interests are suffering. The interruption of world energy, food and mineral supply chains are the resulting price inflation has imposed enormous economic strains on U.S. allies in Europe and the global south. Anyway, that's just the tip of the iceberg, and it's just uh, going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. But uh, if this guy's right and it's a mathematical certainty, that means we're probably past the point of no return, and it's going to get ugly. <sighs> Attack on America's children continues as the FDA authorizes deadly new COVID boosters for children as young as five years old. And the hits just keep on coming. Hopefully parents will start to wake up and say, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. Aha. 
First Amendment dies, $1 billion grant, uh, jury verdict against Alex Jones, best largest defamation case in U.S. history by over $750 million. And the funny thing is, is nobody's going to get a penny. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing and no payouts because he has no money. Yeah, it's getting crazy. Oh, uh, well. Anyway, anybody has anything else they want to add or questions or comments or anything? Are y'all asleep? <laughs> uh, well. Did you get that video I sent you about the uh, bulletproof vest? Yeah, did you say get this thing I sent back saying I've been seeing that stuff for 40 years? <laughs> Meaning you don't buy it? Oh, no. Uh, it's I. It's accurate. You know, I back in the 80s when I first started uh, Second Chance, which was uh, the first body armor out there, the wearable body armor that you could put mm -hmm. under a, a uniform shirt. Uh, Rich Davis was the owner of the company, and he would go around the country shooting himself. Um, he wow. would literally put on the vest and take a 357 Magnum or a 44 Magnum and, you know, hold the thing in front of him, point it at his chest, pull the trigger. And he... Uh, did this all the time, and uh, mm -hmm. he used to have a uh, a newsletter that went out to people that had bought the vest called "Sex and Violence." <laughs> the subcaption was, "You can't uh, you can't enjoy one if you don't survive the other." <laughs> wah, 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 wah. And it was uh, case histories of guys that were you know saved by the second chance vest. And that's mm -hmm. the, the first thing I did when I graduated from the police academy. I went straight to my local gun store and bought my. Uh, Second chance vest back then it was one hundred and twelve dollars. Now you're talking mm. five, six hundred or more uh, for basically the same thing. And mm -hmm. um, then I went and bought a pocket tape recorder to keep in my pocket all the time to record everything, <laughs> cover my butt. Understood. <laughs> and uh, both of them saved me. Well, the first one kept me hot, but the other one saved me. But sure. uh, yeah, sure. Um, I've been seeing that kind of stuff, and you know there were other companies that you could call them or write to them and they would send you a sample uh second chance would do that too they'd send you about an eight inch square that you could take to the range and shoot yourself uh to mm -hmm. test it and uh, i have several of those that i've shot over the years and the stuff works um mm -hmm. you just got to make sure it's backed up with something solid uh but it uh, it does a good job and uh, kevlar is interesting stuff and they've really uh improved upon it over the years but I actually have a belt on my lawnmower. It's made of Kevlar now. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are expensive. 100 bucks for a belt. It's crazy. Yikes. Yeah, yeah but they I last and last and like, last. Wow, it stopped a 9mm and a 40 cal? It was like mm -hmm. 40 caliber. Like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you can you can shoot a lot of those things. And uh, the mm -hmm. biggest, you know, it, after the first hit, you know, and that's the thing. Most of them, they have guarantees, only guarantee after the first hit or two. Um, multiple shots, every shot lessens the effectiveness because it takes it, the, the impact uh, forces the layers of Kevlar to separate somewhat and become less effective. But uh, they still, you know, they'll stop 12-gauge slugs, buckshot, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I used to wear would handle everything up to 44 Magnum. It was not good for rifle rounds like 223 and 7.62s. Um, but I had a mm -hmm. shock plate that if I needed to, I could I carried in my uh, 
bag on the cruiser that if I thought something was going on, I had a, it's a little pocket on the front of the thing. I could open up the buttons of my shirt and drop that puppy in. It covers your heart and a few areas. But man, I'll tell you what, you get hit with a rifle round with one of those things, you're going to wish you were dead because it's going to hurt like heck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, try those steel plates from AR500Armor.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Bingo. <laughs> and they are heavy. <laughs> They're really heavy. Yep. Yeah, I've still got the uh, the shock plate for uh, a couple of my vests. And um, the thing is, is they those are wrapped in Kevlar too because one of the problems they experienced when they had just the plate uh, is the round would hit the thing and it would ricochet up. It wouldn't go through, but it would hit you in the chin. <laughs> well, and AR-500s anyway. uh, using that rhino hide or rhino liner. Yeah. You know, yeah. the controls small. And they have videos on their site. They have a bunch of balloons hanging around, and then they fire, and none of the spall goes into the balloons. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, um, it's it's good technology. Great stuff to have. And, uh, you know, in this day and age, I, it still drives me crazy. I look at the guys now, they're wearing these things. It's a it's a carrier that carries the ballistic panels, and they've got the Molly things where they put their magazines and radios and all that junk. I say, you know, that's it's nice that you know, you can strap it on on the outside. You don't have to wear it under your shirt. The problem is, is the thing you know I always liked when I was on the job. The vest was under my shirt; it was less noticeable. And if somebody's going to shoot me, they're going to shoot center mass, but. Quite honestly, if I saw somebody wearing that stuff, I wouldn't waste my time. I'd shoot them in the head. <laughs> you know, you wear the stuff on the outside and tell people, you know, I've got a vest on. Well, let's shoot where the vest isn't. Uh, and that just, uh, to me, just doesn't make sense. And I don't know why guys now are wearing that stuff like that. You know, it, it just defeats the purpose. It's a very uncomfortable and at the same time as telegraphing that, you know, shoot me in the head because you're not going to get through all this crap on my chest. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. But anyway, well, I'm just glad I'm not on that job would say anymore. The groin. What, Chuck? Quarantine would say groin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what I was just about ready to say, you know, shoot high, shoot low, but don't shoot in the middle. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, hey, Brett. Yo. Get, I sent you, I, I think I texted you it. Did you get that? I think I sent it was uh, AR-500. Hmm. I didn't hear anything back from you, so I didn't know if you got it. Oh, I, I got some of that probably almost three years ago. Oh, thanks for telling me. <laughs> well, I couldn't tell everybody. I tried to. <clears throat> okay. You know me. Slacker. come on also um botash.com that's Mm b-o-t-a-c-h uh they're out of las vegas here yep they they have some uh body armor and it's lightweight and um i just got some uh last week and uh, for the 11 by 14 panel, it's 90 bucks, and it's level 3 plus enhanced. Wow. Hmm. That's cool. And, and it's super lightweight compared to those uh, steel plates. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, I have to double check the size because the one when I did when when I retired, I gave them the old original uh, vest that I bought in 1980, and I kept the one that they issued to me about two hours be or two years before. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's uh, the the one I had was just front and back coverage. This one had side panels on it, and. Uh, I don't know what, I think that thing when, when they got it in the early 90s was probably still close to 500 bucks. And uh, by that time they were department issued. Bef when I first started, you had to buy your own. And um, you finally, through contract negotiations, got it issued by the department. But um, I think, even my old department, I think now most of the guys are wearing those outside the shirt Molly systems. And uh, it just looks weird to me. Uh, don't like the idea. Yeah, it's great for carrying our extra goodies, but you know it it makes you look too much like a tactical team instead of. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, but isn't that uncomfortable to wear it under the shirt? What's that? Isn't that very uncomfortable to wear it under the shirt? Uh, if it's a properly fitted one, it's not bad. The worst part is uh, in the summertime, you've really got to keep uh, hydrating because having that thing wrapped around you, it will heat you up and it'll increase your body temperature and you'll dry out and dehydrate if you're not careful. Uh, I can remember one day I was doing bicycle training for new recruits that were, you know, going to be on the bike patrol and they were in shorts and t-shirt, but I was wearing regular uniform with vest and everything. And it was a hot day and we were doing all kinds of stuff running over, you know, Oh, good grief, running up and down steps and over, you know, stacks of pallets and all kinds of things. Plus, you know, 10, 15 mile bike ride. And by the end of the day, I was just about ready to pass out. And mm -hmm. I sat down and took that thing off and drank a bunch of, you know, didn't know any better at the time, Gatorade. And, um, but I was out of steam <laughs> and I said, Ooh, got to learn from this uh, little exercise. But yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, you gotta be careful. You can overheat with them. But most, most people don't have to deal with that because they're sitting in air conditioned cruisers. But when you're on a, on a bicycle riding all over town in hot weather, that's a different story. Uh, it's a lot more, uh, on people like that than uh, regular cruiser driver cops. Um, but yeah, you gotta be careful with them. And the same thing will happen with the ones worn outside the shirt, you know, they're still fitting pretty snug around you. They're going to, you know, enclose your body, heat you up, uh, same kind of thing. Any kind of stuff like that, regardless of how it's worn is going to have an effect and you just have to, you know, be conscious of it and be safe and, and take the steps you need to, uh, take care of it all, I guess is the best way to put it. But, um, uh, I was rather, I'd rather wear the thing and be safer than to not wear it. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, I still think under the shirt's a better way to go because it's less noticeable and, you know, bad guys are going to shoot center mass generally unless they have a valid reason or visual reason not to. And uh, I think the way guys are dressed now in these tactical outfits instead of regular uniforms can be dangerous. And, uh, yeah, that's why a lot of people that are ambushed, they get shot in the head. You know, otherwise they probably wouldn't wouldn't be. And as a result, I think more guys are shot and killed than shot and wounded. 
uh, in this day and age. I'm just glad I'm not on the job anymore. <laughs> Couldn't recommend it. Hazardous to your health. And, of course, I, back then I was driving around, riding around at midnight, <laughs> you know, with a jacket on and some police and big silver letters across my shoulders. Uh, you know, you get that run-down feeling if you do that in this day and age. But uh, back then I didn't worry about it at all. And uh, things have changed, unfortunately. But anywho, um, anybody else have any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that? Got a couple of new uh, uh, things I put in the in my Telegram channel. <laughs> it's a, a toe tag for somebody who's obviously in a morgue and it says, I got my COVID-19 injection. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> and another one says, I'm not vaccinated. I'm in the control group of the experiment. <laughs> uh, so you can get those and share them on your social media if you want. But uh, And that's on the Telegram channel. Yowza, yowza. Um, I want the, the the technology that Predator had so he can make himself disappear. <laughs> yeah. oh, they claim they've got some of that stuff now using fiber optics. You know, they have, uh, it's basically, it's, uh, it's like a vest or a uniform that has fiber optics built into it that basically pick up what's behind you and circle it around to what's in front of you, to the front. So you're actually using fiber optics to see through the person and see what's behind you. Uh, that was one of the things that was put out there quite some time ago. I saw stuff on it. And the videos were pretty interesting. Of course, you had to wear complete total head covering and everything for it, too, because otherwise you got an invisible body with your head floating around on top of it. Uh, but the uh, interesting stuff that they're working on and... Uh, who knows the stuff they come up with, but they say they have that at Waco. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It was about that time that I was seeing uh, reports. I it might have been even before that that I started seeing some of the initial things on that fiber optics uniforms and stuff. But um, hey, I don't know. I got a ghillie suit. <laughs> I can go out in the woods and hide. <laughs> Hard, hard to shoot something when you can't see it. Uh, yep. Good, uh, good on that show. You know, he had that mini gun out, and he was just loading everything up. <laughs> <laughs> now there's something I'd like to have: M134, <laughs> rock and roll. You talk about cutting down some trees, man. I'll tell you what, that'd be something fun to play with. Oh, goodness. Anyway, let's see here. What else is going on? Paul Offit admits new COVID bivalent boosters offer no benefits. That's interesting. This guy has been the poster child of uh, vaccine Nazis, or whatever you want to call them. You know, somebody who just pushes that stuff unrelentlessly, or relentlessly, excuse me. Um, and now all of a sudden, he's turning around and saying that this thing's no good. Kind of makes me wonder what his angle is. You know, it's not really ready to trust this turkey. But um, he was the one that's saying all the childhood vaccines were safe and effective and there's no such thing as autism being a, you know, as a result and all that kind of garbage. Uh, nuts. Ooh, Canada has become the assisted suicide capital of the world. Hmm. I wonder if Jack Kevorkian moved north. 
Who knows? El Paso launches online migrant dashboard to track influx of illegals. Oh yeah, come across and log in here so we can see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, sounds like a Democrat idea to me. And, yeah, probably, uh, what's his job's uh, Beto. Yeah. <laughs> Insider trading uncovered over 2,600 senior federal officials owned or traded stocks and companies their agencies oversee. Now, why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> hmm. Bank of America warns U.S. economy could lose 175,000 jobs a month. Ne- Ooh, 175,000 a month next year due to the Fed's inflation policies. Yowzers. Consuming too much fast food can cause irreversible brain damage, warn health experts. Well, most people don't have much in that category to start with anyway, so no great deal. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Alex Jones' verdict shows the danger of defamation laws. I'll tell you what, they just threw all the laws out the books. You know, what happened to libel? What happened to First Amendment? You know, and and the thing is, is he was charged with stuff he didn't do. You know, that's what gets me. And wasn't allowed to say, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, no, you, you can't you can't defend yourself. FBI director uses federal jet to the point of embezzlement. Woo. FBI Director Christopher Wray's personal use of his official Bureau Gulfstream has caused Republican members of Congress to send a formal letter on August 15th inquiring about the nature of flights, while some members inside the FBI are accusing Wray of embezzlement. <laughs> well, we're going to go on a family vacation here and take the old G5. <laughs> I'll tell you what. And nobody's watching the watchers. PayPal bribing customers with 15 bucks to stop mass exodus following backlash over woke policy update. (laughs) Oh, here's $15. Come back so we can steal $2,500 from you when we don't like what you say. Doesn't sound like a smart move to me. I'm about ready to shut down my uh, PayPal account. Or at the very least, uh, disconnect it from my bank and credit card. Man, now I'm hearing rumors where people that try to log or try to make a credit card payment with uh, iTeraCare are being forced, if they don't have a PayPal account, they're being forced to create one before they can run their card through. I got that just this morning from one of my people in out west, and I haven't seen it personally, but if that's the case, let me know and we will deal with it. There's a way around that. Good grief. One thing after another. Corporate media refuses to report DHS Secretary Mayorkas. New Border Patrol agents never whipped Haitian migrants. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I did a question. Uh Uh-huh. You know, what's the guy's name that was the private investigator or whatever on that Sandy Hook deal that Jones had on all the time. Oh, um, uh, Wolfgang Helbig. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to, where the heck is he? You would think that Jones, were they not allowed to subpoena him or anybody else? Nope. They weren't allowed to do anything that would even resemble a defense. They couldn't bring in, you know, 
witnesses to refute testimony and that kind of thing. Nothing. Uh, it what was it was 100% show trial. What? Kangaroo. Yeah, it's a kangaroo mm -hmm. court. Well, it, it kind of sounds like a uh, tribunal. <laughs> Star Chamber. <laughs> you know, the judge flew in from Australia just for this case. <laughs> he hopped around the courtroom and, you know, the whole shooting match. Um, I'm waiting to start seeing some uh, memes about that kind of thing. You know, a kangaroo sitting at the, on the bench and that kind of junk. Because uh, that's really what it was. You know, there was he was not allowed to say anything uh, that would indicate that he was not guilty. And that was, you know, and this, it's all going to go to appeal and who knows what will happen there. If they can uh, get an appeals court to look at it, that aren't all Democrat appointed judges, <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, well, you guys know that Wolfgang Hallbeg was, uh, you know, um, uh, trial uh posner took him you know charged him i heard that he was uh sued you know one of the guys in my morning show today brought that up i yeah, hadn't had a chance to keep up with him they dropped it because posner wouldn't do a video deposition ah. dropped it hmm. yeah okay there's more than one person playing posner yeah the thing is is you know with you know people like uh fetzer or helbig they're not big enough. The vast majority of people don't have a clue who they are. They don't have multi-million dollar uh, programs that they're associated with. And right. it would be a waste of their time. Jones, on the other hand, I mean, he has a hard time going anywhere without being recognized now. Not just here right. in this country, but overseas. And as a result, they're the, he's the one that they're going after because he's basically the tip of the spear when it comes to the conservative movement so to speak in alternative media and he's the head gyrastacutus you take him down and everybody else sees what happened to him and they buck buckle down as well i don't want to go what through what he went through you know and of course that's that's what they're counting on but hopefully there'll be other people stepping up if if he does go down other folks will step up to keep going you know i ain't shutting my show down yeah, I'm nothing yeah, to worry about. There's but... something weird though, too. I mean, judging by his Jewish lawyers and all his different stuff, and uh, what was it? The judge and the other one um, told him to stop chewing gum, and he went up and opened his mouth and showed her he didn't have any gum in his mouth. I mean, come on. I didn't even hear about that. <laughs> what kind of court is this? You know, there's there's something else going on. And him doing this book, The Great Reset, and they're in all the bookstores, you know, right out in front, like it's it's, it's something's else going on. Yeah, when he, when he first brought that like book what out, you said, which is true, you know, what you said is true, mm -hmm. but there's also some other stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, when when the book came out and the fact that it's being covered, you know, I can I can see why Amazon would carry it because they're you know looking at the money issue more than anything, I think, and they know it's going to be a big seller, which you know, last I heard it was like number nine in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson did a thing about how the New York times, you know, just ignored it for the most part. They had somebody, some book that only had a few thousand copies sold that was rated high on their list. And Jones that sold 56,000 or something in the first 20 seconds, <laughs> you know, wasn't even mentioned. Um, I don't know there. It's, it's kind of weird how those things are, are out there and, 
I don't know whether they're, it's all part of a plan thing or if these people really want to make that much, you know, think there's a, enough money in it that it's worth letting it get out when they're trying to censor them or what. I don't know. Um, it's just. You're saying, you're saying Alex Jones wrote a book? Yeah, he's got a book called The Great Reset, The War for the World or some kind of thing like that. I've got a copy of it. I bought one just for the fun of it. Um, oh, have you read any of it? I'm curious. Yeah, I've read the first couple chapters. It's not bad. Um, now they have an audio book, so I'm thinking about getting that just because I want to see what's in it, but I don't have time to read it. <laughs> Is, does he read it? <laughs> um, I don't know who. I don't think so. I think somebody else read it. Um, mm. I probably somebody else wrote it, too. But yeah. Anyway. They were going to offer, you know, they was they started out offering autographed copies, but then they reached the point where they had to say, okay, we've got so many, but we're, when they're gone, they're gone, because <laughs> there were so many people buying them from his website that he couldn't, he'd be sitting there signing books all day long, forever. Um, they finally had to put a limit on that. But, uh, yeah, wow. they're out there, and uh, they're selling like hotcakes, and, which is a good thing, if you know, from the standpoint that it's making more people aware of what's going on. And it's basically his take on, or somebody's take on uh, what's going on with, um, it's all about you know, Klaus Schwab and his, you know, the uh, World Economic Forum and everything they're trying to do. And basically he cites chapter and verse of what they say in their writings and that kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's waking people up, I think. But who knows? Yeah, it is kind of a strange deal that, I would expect, you know, when he first announced the book, I said, you know, he's going to have to sell it on his site because nobody else is going to carry it. Um, and I haven't looked. I haven't been to a Barnes & Noble or Borders or anything like that to see if they actually have it on the shelves or not. But, you know, Amazon is selling it because that's where I got mine. Just Why? Which is weird because they are, they've censored so many books already. I know. That's just another one of the anomalies of this whole thing. It makes you wonder what's going on. <laughs> and um, and no then Murr said that he was 61? Yeah. 61 on December 16th. That body. Not that name, but that body. <laughs> That's interesting. Hey, Chuck, they aren't yeah. going to censor their money-making ability. That's the only thing I can figure. Well, you know, one month to the day before Trump's uh, 12-man FBI team <clears throat> went into Israel and busted uh, Michael Ron, David Kadar, sometimes with a Y, uh, the uh, rabbis uh, got Jeff Bezos at Amazon to uh, ban hundreds of titles talking about the Holocaust, the holy hoax. Hmm. hundreds of titles talking yeah. about banning things so they will do it even if it's money making if it's you know it depends on the agenda and the money yeah so. but those books probably sold very very little compared to what jones's book is you know well with, probably but that there again it's you know how it's, it's no marketed. big no big uh slice out of their bottom line if they cut out things that people aren't buying in the first place <laughs> well it was just more important to get all that stuff Make it yeah. unavailable, just like they, you know, scrub stuff off the internet. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, again, it that, shows that they're willing to do it, but not if it's going to be a big money maker, they're not going to cut that one out. But I thought it was interesting how it was one month to the day before this bust, indicating that they've got everything backdoored and knew that was going to go down. And mm -hmm. right after that was when um, 
you know, Trump sent in the uh, to, to uh, Syria, the airport, and got rid of 59 old tomahawks. <laughs> you know, and it hardly did anything to the place. I mean, the airport was still usable and everything. And the gas that was in there wasn't even theirs. That was uh, some of the uh, whatever rebels or whatever had stored somewhere else there. But, you know, so, so that whole thing, I think, was chumming the media, the town media, you know, so they could make it look like he was doing something they wanted him to do. That area wanted him to do, you know. Could and be. apparently um, Assad and Putin were in on that at the time, you know. And I think after that, things broke apart more. Assad said it's, you know, sometime later when things are really getting nasty, you know, he said it's a jungle. There's no law. <laughs> Hard to say. There's, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And uh, there's no thing, you know, just when you like, uh, like a guy you said in uh, the shooter, <laughs> just when you think you got it figured out, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fractal, right? Yeah. You never know for sure what's going on. And Keeps turning. Keep falling into it. <laughs> yep. Yep. And hey, Jim, I just sent you an email to your AT&T account. And on the uh, chat, there's a description of it. Oh, okay. I will take a look there. Uh, oh, there it you is. Can feel free to, you can feel free to talk about it if you want to. Ooh, cool. You got... Uh, Looks like a 308 version, AR-10, and a M AR-15, and uh, I can't tell. Is that a double-barrel shotgun? Or a no, it's, uh, it's a semi-auto, though, and they are out of stock for the past probably two and a half years. Interesting. Who makes that? Um, Brolin Arms, I guess, brought it in from China during the Clinton administration and it got mm. caught up in the Brady bill and it wasn't released until about 2011 or 12. That's cute. Uh, was that what about a four or five round at the most? Uh, five round. Okay. It, it comes with three round or two, three round mags, and then you can get five round mags for 15 bucks. Wow. <laughs> Such a deal. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Did you do the camouflage painting on the uh, two rifles? I, I didn't do it. My gunsmith did. Nice job. Man. Yeah. Ooh. But those are 80% receivers. Really? Now, did, yep. you, did he do the machining on them or did you? No, I did. He was amazed that that was out there. <laughs> and this guy's pretty damn good. Hmm. Interesting. Those are pretty. Very pretty. And uh, mine are just the standard ugly black. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I don't uh, I don't have a, an AR-10. I got an M1A. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I bought that back in 1996 or 7, something like that. They had a thing they called the loaded package. It had the stainless match barrel. You got an AN-PVS-2 night vision scope from Vietnam era with the mounts for it. Um, Those are huge. Yeah. And it's sitting in a case right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> they had the uh, the battery thing was adapted to use double A's. And it really works pretty cool. Um, but I uh, got that and got a uh, 
uh, Springfield uh, 4x10 uh, government model scope and um, mm-hmm. Harris bipod. I forget what else. Nice, nice setup. And I have yet to mm-hmm. fire the thing. <laughs> it's been sitting in no, my safe. Kidding. It's been wow. sitting in my safe. It's in mint condition. And mm. uh, just haven't gotten around to getting out there and putting any rounds through it. Got a whole bunch yeah. of, a buddy of mine gave me a whole bunch of M14 magazines a couple of years ago. I got those and they're all loaded uh-huh. up. But uh, yeah, it's a nice rifle. And uh, I, I years ago I had um, uh, a good sampling of virtually every uh, military rifle from the French and Indian War forward or uh, Spanish-American War forward. I had 3040 Craig, O3 Springfield, mm-hmm. M1 Garand, Thompson, uh, 27A1 and mm-hmm. a bunch of other things. I finally around Y2K, I decided I was going to sell them all and just standardize. I wanted two, uh, 308s, two, two and, uh, you know, two, uh, 12 gauge shotguns, got Remington eight seventies. And, um, mm-hmm. I got, uh, Rem, uh, Remington 700 P, uh, police sniper package. Um, got a heck of a deal on that puppy. Mm-hmm. My local gun store, um, I went in one day with my wife and I was talking, showing her, I said, Hey, right there. That's exact. That looks exactly like what I want to get. And I called the owner's son over and said, Hey Todd, come over here. I said, those what I think they are. Yeah, 700 P's. And normally back then you had to wait six months after you ordered one to get it. Damn. And they had two of them on the, on the, on the rack. I said, what's the deal? Well, we had two guys order the things and they both backed out and they had $2,100 price tags on them. He says, uh, what's my price? And he went back and talked to his dad Come back twelve fifty. I said I'll be back in an hour with cash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, one uh, thing about eighty percent receivers, you can't just do one. <laughs> yeah. Once you get you started, you get the beaver. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've got an eighty percent AR receiver downstairs. It's a carbon fiber, but I bought it more as a uh, conversation piece. It was back when Trump first got elected, and it's got his face laser engraved on it, and all that kind of crap. Uh, paid mm-hmm. way more than it was worth, <laughs> two hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks for it. But oh. uh, yeah, it was a fundraiser for Jones uh, way oh, back good. when. And uh, but you know, no serial number on it. And if I have to, I can mill it out and put parts on it and make it shoot. But right now, it just sits there with a face. <laughs> well, they have the aluminums out and one place, GorillaMachining dot com in Florida. I think they have them for like 40 bucks. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. And I I like metal. I don't trust plastic. Yeah. Yeah. For any length of time, you know, carbon fiber, whatever, it's still, it's not going to hold up like, you know, the metal ones will. That's true. But like I said, it's more of a conversation piece and a memento than anything else. But, uh, had I do it to over, uh, had I to do it over again, I probably wouldn't waste my money on it. But yeah, I had the money at the time, thanks to Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it went to somewhat of a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, fueled the fire against the idiots. What can I say? Yeah. Ooh. French General says unvaccinated citizens are superheroes who embody the best of humanity. Dun, 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 dun. Well, isn't that special? Uh, so much for, you know, I like the French guy now. <laughs> no more 
More evidence of neo-Nazi worship emerges in Ukraine. A commander of all the country's forces pictured wearing swastika bracelet. <laughs> and that's it. We're out of time for today, as the little ding-ding-ding has told us. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And then, of course, Thursday we'll have Mike and DW and uh, Cal with us. And who knows what they'll be talking about. But um, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Appreciate everybody being here today. You guys have a great afternoon. And get your Itericares ordered. If you have any questions, get a hold of me. But get them while they're hot. Take care, God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.